Hey listeners, welcome to the Intelligent Conversations, where we believe that everyone has a form of intelligence that resides within them. We invite guests from various backgrounds to share with you what makes them unique. Our hope is that you and I can learn and grow together. Without further ado, welcome to the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Intelligent Conversations podcast. Today I have the honor to speak with Colton Moffitt. Colton works with Distributed Risk, which is a risk management alliance of experts securing the edge for clients who must navigate high-risk environments. Colton is a strategic advisor for that company. He is heavily involved in privacy and uh, safety for others. So Colton, thank you for taking the time today and coming on the show. I'm, I'm excited for this. I'm excited. You're all the way from Turkey, but just kind of give you an idea of like the listeners on the show. They, they're kind of starting out their careers. I kind of want to ask you, what kind of motivated you to kind of get into the privacy uh, like sector, like uh, security, that type of uh, sure. job field? What kind of motivated you to get into that? Huh. Um, I haven't had to answer that one in a while. So actually it was a kind of an unfortunate setting when I was a kid, um, my mother had a stalker situation and sort of being aware of all of the, the impact that that had on us and how we had to be kind of discreet with what we were doing and where we're going and dealing with the police and the limitations of what police can do to help versus uh, what they can't do. And uh, that sort of sent me down the path of, um, understanding more how to defend against these sorts of things, how people get the information to begin with. So the the sort of cat and mouse thing caught my attention for many years. And after that, everything else just kind of seemed boring. So I stuck to that industry. That's cool. So are you kind of like a private investigator? You like, I'm trying to understand. Sure. I used to be. Yeah. Uh, So I was a licensed private investigator in Washington state. And um, fortunately now, like I work remotely, I, um, started these companies that uh, allow me to do that. But previously I was employed. um, Well, actually I was contractor with a company in Washington state. I learned a lot from the founder of that company uh, who kind of gave me my shot to apply this knowledge in in the industry. And he's now one of my partners also at distributed risk. And so we've done a lot of good work together. Um, and, And it's not that we necessarily focus on people who have stalkers, although certainly we can from the privacy side, but it was the um, you know, starting point for all that. And I think I started with that in around uh, 2014 or 15. And from there, uh, it progressed into more of a business orientation. So I still do some of the consulting, but a lot of what we focus on at this point is mergers and acquisitions in that kind of sector. That's cool. That That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I kind of want to ask this, what kind of stuff did you like, investigate, I guess, so to speak, as a private investigator, what was some of the things you, I mean, you obviously mentioned stalking, but what were some of the other things you did? Yeah, actually, so stalking as a PI, that didn't come up a whole lot. Um, Like you do get people who call you and say, hey, I think I have a stalker. Um, Sometimes that can be a little bit hard to pin down. It it ends up being more consulting, right? So you can sort of Mm -hmm. investigate who's doing it. A lot of the time they know who's doing it though, with the rare exception being um, like, cyber stalking situations where the person's trying to remain anonymous. But in many cases, people who have a legitimate uh, stalker threat are, they're dealing with their ex-husband, their ex-boyfriend, they're dealing with a former employee who's just absolutely lost it. And occasionally, of course, you you have 
really high profile clients where the person who's stalking them does not know them at all um, or thinks that they know them because they're obsessed with them. But, <laughs> but, but the client doesn't know the, the stalker at all. That's a better way to put it. Um, but they, they know who they are, right? And so it's, that's one thing. But really a lot of what I did was uh, focused on uh, security-related issues because the company is also focused on executive protection and close protection for high-profile individuals. So when we're looking into people, a lot of the time it has to do with people who have made threats, people who have um, presented themselves as a, as a problem in the past, or we're looking at situations. So geographical areas, events that are coming up, um, groups that have taken an issue with the client. And so then it's not so much about a person as it is about a, a situation. Okay. Gotcha. Thank you for, I think a lot of people will benefit from that understanding. So kind of correct me uh, if I'm wrong, but you kind of like transition, you know, evolved uh, in your career and you, do you work mostly now on the side of like security and privacy for like businesses instead of individuals? Is that, am I right there or? It's a mix. Yeah. So like, let's say, uh, for example, we've got clients that, that own a business or several businesses. And so we might first get them as an individual client and then they, they also need services for their businesses. In other cases, it starts as a business to business type relationship. And then we start looking after the executives and then that kind of extends to the executives families to to a degree. So it's a good mix of both. And one thing we don't really get into is the domestic um, type of cases. So things that have to do with family law, thing, uh, divorces, uh, cheating spouses, all that. It's not, um, it's not something that we deal with. And the other is we're not really involved in, let's say a lot of times people think of private investigators, they think of a guy in a car with a camera and he's either looking for a cheating spouse or for someone who's committing fraud, like claiming disability benefits or taking money from the insurance company. And he's running around playing football in the park with his friends. Um, we did, we don't take on much of that work. That's more of your traditional sort of private investigator. Um, and then there's tremendous amount of them that do a great job, but ours is a little bit more oriented toward the security risk management. Okay. Gotcha. So it's more like making sure that no one can like attack the business or attack the individual itself. Okay. Gotcha. Thank you. That, that kind of helps. So I kind of want to, I want to ask this. So there's, there may be some like people that are looking to get into business or right. I might have some listeners that are already business owners. What are some of the risks that they have to be like worried about now? Like what are some of the most common things you see? Yeah. So anybody at any level of business, whether you're just getting started or you've been doing it for a while, um, the most common problem that you're going to have is actually kind of boring is probably identity theft right um yeah so and, and some variations on identity theft and and fraud that's happening over the internet so even if it's not they're getting your social security number or stealing your credit card information it could be more like they're impersonating so a ceo impersonation and so an employee um who reports to that ceo for financial reasons um they'll sometimes get like this email that looks like it's coming from the CEO and they make a transfer outside of the normal protocol and they end up sending a bunch of money off to like Romania or something. So <laughs> that can happen uh, to small businesses too. And so a lot of people think, Oh, you know, a small business is, you know, like an ice cream shop or a restaurant or, or something, but 
you forget that, you know, small businesses up, I think the definition in the United States is up to about 20 million in revenue or something per year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are also surprised to know how much money some of those smaller seeming businesses, even if it is a restaurant or it's a, an auto shop, a car dealership, you know, you drive by them on the interstate all the time and who would bother hacking them? Well, actually they have a significant amount of financial data, like in the uh, comparison of the, um, or the, the example of the car dealership, your law firms that are small businesses by employment numbers, by revenue numbers, but they're, they're right targets because of the information that they have. The same with small kind of um, investment advisors, wealth management firms, and they don't necessarily have this massive budget for cybersecurity, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Um, that can happen. They can get hacked. But a lot of it's also just old school fraud, which happens to be over the internet because that's that's how we do most of our communication now. So that's that's uh, where I'd say everybody should be a little bit more aware is just how safe is your information? How how well do you control the information? Who has access to it within your um, within your organization too? And most of it is actually insider threat. They're either intentionally taking information or stealing, or they're unwittingly um, being used by some outside party to access things. Interesting. That's I never thought small businesses, but now that you kind of laid it out there, I think that. I mean, for one, you're right, right? Like, especially like law firms, wealth management companies, those type of guys are interacting with, like you said, a lot of high profile people that maybe even if they just got that information, uh, it becomes really dangerous. I mean, oh, what was, I can't remember. There was a, wasn't TurboTax. What's the other big company that had that big security breach that they filed taxes for people? Uh, There's H&R Block. Um, There's... Yeah, I'm not sure which one. There's a bunch of them that have been <laughs> compromised. I'm not sure which one you mean, though. Yeah, like you said or whatever, they're they're kind of ripe targets. Well, they're a little bigger names, right? And they have to sure. have you know sure. those measures. But yeah, I think security, especially for small business, that's that's important as well. And I think a lot of people maybe neglect it because you're focused right on growing the business, getting yeah. new clients. Like you're focused way on that. But I want to ask you this: What's I mean, we've kind of established, you know, the awareness, kind of the more common uh, ways people target them. How can you kind of recognize it and, you know, combat that? What's the best way they can do that? So if it's happening external, um, you're going to catch it by keeping an eye on your credit report, keeping an eye on um, your business credit report. If you don't have it, you should go figure out how to get it. It's pretty straightforward. Just quick Google search. It'll save you a lot of headaches. Um, the other thing would be, uh, your personal credit report. You want to make sure you're keeping an eye on that. There's so many monitoring tools now. Usually it comes for free with your credit card or some account that you have. Otherwise you can go to uh, get actual FICO, which is myfico.com or .net. Keep an eye on that stuff. It's really tragic when you hear about that small business owner who's really starting to take off and, and they are excited and they go to get a line of credit or a, a bank loan to expand and then they find out that their their credit scores has been trashed over like a two month period somebody opened up a tremendous amount of credit cards it stole from them right so many different things the paycheck protection program i think it was the ppp loans that was massive um and so was the just unemployment um 
you know, people getting onto the unemployment program because of the COVID stuff, huge amount of fraud. I mean, there were groups, even in, based in the States, groups of people doing just massive amounts of unemployment fraud and making millions of dollars. And they'd go find them and kind of raid their little apartment and find like 150 credit cards or, or the, oh my the debit cards they were sending people in the mail, you know? So yeah, it's, it's a mess. But like you mentioned, the tax companies, yeah, you've got your big franchise ones, your national companies, but even just your local CPA office, they have to be really careful. So that comes back to the internal stuff. Um, a lot of times, sadly, when it's a smaller business, so if you picture that kind of uh, <clears throat> strip mall in America that's got a CPA office next to a Chinese food takeout place, it's oftentimes uh, like administrative staff or some one of the employees that gets into financial trouble because of gambling or drug addiction. Or um, usually it's that. Sometimes it's it's got to do with medical stuff, but you'd know that much more easily if you were their employer. So if you are that kind of dental practice owner or, or whatever, and you know that the employee is behaving a little strangely lately, especially if they've worked with you for a while, you're not going to generally do a new background check on someone who's worked with you for four years. But if you do notice that their behavior starts to shift a little bit, most of the time you would think, oh, well, you know, I could check on them and make sure if they need to take some time off, all that sort of like be a good employer stuff you see on LinkedIn. That's great. Yeah. Give them that time off if they need it and, and be supportive, but also take a really close look at uh, your access logs, your accounts, your credit, everything, uh, because those are usually your early warnings that somebody's got some sort of lifestyle-based problem that would compel them to commit uh, embezzlement or, or fraud of some kind. Okay, yeah, gotcha. That that helps a ton. So, would you say it's more internal or external, like uh, fraud that occurs? Uh, statistically, I'm pretty sure it's still internal um, to an extent. If we're talking about financial loss, you know, if we're talking about data theft, it, it's kind of it depends on the sector, right? But generally speaking, insider threat stuff does account for well over half. And that's sometimes, as I mentioned, it's because that person actually intentionally does it. And sometimes they're just the attack vector. So if there is a hacker or uh, you know, hacker, so to speak, or a, a fraud group or espionage service or whatever that is targeting your organization, I mean, they might be mass targeting people with like broad phishing campaigns, or they might be specifically targeting your your organization. They will go for people who have a decent amount of low level access that they can then kind of escalate from there. And the people who aren't paying as much attention uh, a lot of times. And in that case, the person becomes an unwitting uh, vector of attack. And so it's still like a human element issue. You still have an internal problem that you can solve. Um, it's difficult. It, you know, you can go and pay some different companies that do like really good training and awareness type stuff, but it's a difficult process. So you have to have the managers and the people that are accountable for the other employees' behavior and uh, performance. They need to be looking for those kinds of signs that the person is doing something they're not normally doing interpersonal behavior wise or from the tech side of things, monitoring for unusual activity on the network or in the file system. Yeah, that. Thank you. For, thank you for sharing that. That's. I think that's something. Yeah, like I said, I think something everyone needs to be aware of. But I, it's kind of interesting that you mentioned the that it's more internal for like on the financial side of things, like embezzlement things like that. Because oftentimes that's like you know 
the people we would least expect, right? It's like, oh, the the Russian government's coming after me type of thing. They want <laughs> whatever, right? Like it's right. we kind of look at those threats and you said we ultimately can't really do anything because humans will be humans type of thing. But we try our best to, you know, look for the signs, find it. Sure. But uh, a lot of this, I, th- I feel like it's kind of built up. I mean, especially when, you know, some of the business owners listening they're kind of getting a little like, oh man, do I, like, what do I do? Like, I'm scared type of thing. Sure. So uh, I'm kind of looking at the the clock here and I'm going to ask the intelligent question of the day. How do you restore like confidence and trust like in one in yourself and your employees and have, you know, kind of that relationship. So then you're not, you know, you don't have to worry about fraud, embezzlement, some of those things that may occur inside your organization. I think that it's important to maintain that trust to begin with. So if you want to hire people that you have some kind of alignment with, you know, if you're running a CPA office, right, if you're a CPA and you're trying to hire a new administrative person, um, yeah, they don't need to be passionate about taxes, right? But (laughs) it's helpful if they came by a referral or if they, um, you know, they have some kind of motivation for their employment, which you can understand uh, beyond just everybody wants a paycheck. That's why they're applying for the job. Uh, That helps. Um, It's not definitive really, but yeah, you're going to do your background checks, your your pre-employment screening and everything. It's really cost effective now. Uh, You don't have to go to a company like ours and pay a tremendous amount of money. It's, it's, very easy to get this done for less than a hundred bucks. Sometimes it's, you know, 50 or 60 bucks a person. That'll tell you what they got caught doing before, <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> um, but, but what's really important is just empathy. I mean, I know that sounds kind of woo woo, but you want to pay attention if your employee or your partner is seeming particularly stressed out or um, lacking focus or more tired than usual, or maybe more energetic than usual, you know, just, kind of pay enough attention to understand what's normal and baseline for them so that you can tell when something's off and when something's off you can you can ask questions as long as it's appropriate within the context of HR and employment law and all that um you can be empathetic about how you ask those questions but importantly you're also going to want to start taking a close look at your financial records your uh kind of your IT systems and all that um because you don't want to catch it too late. You don't want to look back a year later, sorting everything out with the IRS and the creditors and, uh, and explaining to your customers and vendors like, Hey, we had this problem. If, if you even get to that point, because you didn't listen to that gut feeling. Like I knew something was wrong with him. I knew she was going through a hard time eight months ago and I didn't say anything because I didn't want to be rude. And now, you know, you're, you're, facing a serious problem that could have been prevented and and probably you can catch it early enough to avoid a situation where police need to become involved you know that's i've known people even just not through work but just uh they really love their jobs they really loved their employers it was one of those close kind of relationships and they ended up stealing a tremendous amount of money from their employer because they they became addicted to opiates and it was like a gradual process which if you had met this person and gotten to know them over a long period of time, you would think there's no way she would ever do that. No way. And she loved her job. She always spoke highly of it, but it, it ended up becoming a real issue. And these things do happen. And empathy early on is probably the best answer I can give you in short. 
everyone that's listening right now, that's the intelligent answer of the day. That was, that was great. I think empathy, especially like that's something I think there's like a trend. Like a lot of business owners are like practicing empathy because if, uh, if you kind of neglect your employees or just, there's kind of like that weird, uh, barrier, like, Oh, I'm employing you. Like we need to kind of keep like work and personalized type separate. I'm like, sometimes you just like get to know like the person get to like know what's what's going on in their lives what's going hard and that that I think like you said can help prevent a lot of things that will hurt your business down the road and I think that's important what we all want you know as business owners and as employees right you don't want your company right that you work for to have troubles like that because that ultimately hurts you as well so check up on your employees as well if you're working for a company because work like check up on your coworkers, like just Mm -hmm. empathy. I think, like you said, will solve a lot of like prevent a lot of those problems that do occur. Thank you Colton for coming on today. I, I want to give you a chance though, to kind of, uh, you know, plug your businesses. You mentioned that you had, uh, you've worked for multiple businesses. I don't know if you distributed risk. I kind of mentioned that at the beginning, what's kind of, the way they can find you if they want to reach out to you, do business with you, learn from you. Sure. What's the best way they can get a hold of you? And yeah, um, really, there are a few different moving parts, and, and it's so much to just try to go over. If anything that I'm talking about really piqued your interest, the best way to get a view of everything that we're working on is just to look me up on LinkedIn, actually, um, and you'll see my name. It's an odd name, so just check the uh, the title of the podcast and. <laughs> <laughs> look that up on LinkedIn, you'll find me. And I'm happy to talk to anybody. If if you're going through this kind of stuff as a small business or on a personal level, I'm willing to share my time and kind of point you in the right direction. Even if it's not a client thing, just happy to help. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, for everyone that's listening, you can uh, contact Colton that way. So Colton, thank you. Thank you again for coming on taking the time. I just appreciate you. All right. Thanks a lot, Josh. I appreciate you having me. Um, I'm glad to uh, to see you continuing with your episodes and I'll keep an eye out and uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Sweet. Thank you. As you can tell everyone, that is Colton Moffitt. He's a very intelligent person. If you guys want are, are interested in what he talked about today, I challenge you guys to go reach out to him. Great guy. He dropped the information there for you guys to reach out to him. But stay tuned till next week. We have a great guest for you guys lined up. See you guys next week, and let's get after it. Hey everyone, if you liked this episode and would like to hear more, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button. We release a new episode every Wednesday for you guys to listen to. Thank you guys so much for the support that you give. We could not have done this without you guys. If you would like to be a potential guest on the show, check out intelligentconvos.com and fill out the form there. Thank you guys again. And let's get after it.